Blog Talk Radio. This is Marcy Ann. <clears throat> want to thank you for tuning in, and I hope you've heard part one and part two of this series. Um, each one of the parts is sort of independent and can stand on its own, but I have been sort of building a case here. <laughs> so today, uh, I'm kind of going to go out on a limb and um, suggest some ideas that Perhaps in antiquity could prove to be new ways to deal with evil here on the earth. Now, I said originally in the first part, that part one, that a virus is a primordial essence that is either good or very good because everything that came out of the light when God issued that command, let there be light, to get everything started, was either good or very good. And down through the course of life on this planet that has a free that has free will, you know, not every civilization has that uh, right of free will. That's a great responsibility. It's a great benefit. And the original blueprint for that, however, has gotten pretty convoluted. Because some of the choices that have been made, you know, all along the way from the original elementals of life into life as we know it right now have not always been in the highest and best good of all. Certainly not for the person making the choice, because they probably made the choice out of fear or resistance or from an evil intent, and that will always reap a corresponding evil result. And these types of choices also, you know, run out into the collective. And it's not in the highest and best good for the community either. Now, these are the choices that create <laughs> local and global earthquakes with the corresponding tsunami. Everything I hear right now that folks are sharing is uh, that we're supposed to be learning from this virus is that we are to be compassionate to others and consider others and make choices that will be in the highest and base good for the community. And I just have a problem with this. I think we are to be learning just the opposite. I think we're supposed to be one-on-one with ourself right now and go inside of ourselves and see whether we need to make some new choices for ourselves. And quit being afraid to trust ourselves to make good decisions for ourselves, to begin to take responsibility for our own well-being instead of turning it over to others, the government to choose for us. I heard a man on YouTube this week who is directly involved as an advisor and writer to senators and congressmen that write these policies that govern us. And he says government has way too much on their shoulders right now. 
because the common man on the street is just afraid to make decisions for himself. So he leads, leaves it all up to the government to make policies that will help him and benefit him. And this is exactly opposite of how our government is supposed to work. We are a republic, not a democracy. And what that means is that the people we vote for and send to Washington, D.C., to create policies are supposed to do what we want them to do. We make the decision, and then we tell them. We just don't completely hand over all of our personal sovereignty to them to decide for us. But it seems that mostly the man on the street asks, well, what are you going to do for me instead of what can I do for myself? We have a great divide in our country right now, a crossroads, if you please. And the big question is, do we want to continue to be a sovereign nation of free people who are dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? What makes a republic is that we vote for a representative to go to Washington, and then they create the policies that we want. This is what makes a republic a representative government. We're not a democracy. That word democracy is sort of thrown around like it's a synonym for freedom from poverty, sickness, and all unhappiness. But a, de a democracy is where the people surrender their sovereignty to a governing body who will then make all their decisions for them. And this is where choices are made for the highest and the best good for the community, not from the standpoint of the highest and best good of each individual, which is in a republic, in a republic is guaranteed. It's kind of not a mistake that those who would like to see our country continue as a republic are called Republicans. <laughs> and the ones who advocate for the welfare of the poor and the, the afflicted and the disabled and the diversity groups in our population are called Democrats. So what do you want? At this crossroads, we get the chance to decide if we want to stay on this road we are on and continue to pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, or do we want to make a right turn and rewrite the Constitution and give all of our power to a centralized government who will make all the decisions for us? Rewrite that pledge of allegiance to the flag and try a democratic form of government which glorifies the weakest parts of the culture at the expense of the strongest, forcing the stronger members to carry the weak rather than empowering and encouraging the weak to become strong. Now, with that said, I am very threatened by the community approach to handling this virus. Because by trying to save one life, we are jeopardizing the private lives of all of us. First of all, this virus does not have a definite form. 
it just continues to morph. And from the beginning of our knowing about it here in the U.S., it was already on the loose. I mean, the U.S. and South Korea recorded their first cases on January 20th, 2020. But by then, here in Orange County, California, where I live, we had already been having it for about six weeks, from late November and all through December. I had it. And because we had that head start without government intervention, we have been way ahead and have now apparently reached the herd immunity and our deaths have been minimal compared to other areas. And in all cases, the folks who did die were already compromised in some other area. Now, I'm a senior in my 80s, but I am healthy with a strong immune system, and I didn't die. I was laid up for four weeks because this is a tough virus. It morphs to the continuum the condition of the human host. And there's a definite long-time reconstitution that needs to be done in the lungs after the virus dies out. But if a human has been true to themselves, has made a good contract with their body to keep it strong and healthy as it is humanly possible, then the virus can't kill you. The virus amplifies what is already present. The virus finds the weakest link and hits it hard. I do not believe that there can be a successful vaccine for this virus because of its ability to change its form. Each time it morphs, you'd need a new vaccine. I didn't have a fever. Some people are playing asymptomatic. It seems to manifest according to the condition of the human host. I have heard of a drug being developed in a Japanese laboratory that seems effective in disempowering the virus. I would have more faith in something like that than a vaccine for something that's continually morphing. Okay, so let's get back to my statement that now is the time for each and every person to take up responsibility for their own self, to make their own decisions, to choose to continue life here in the U.S. as a sovereign nation of individual humans who are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights to pursue their life in liberty in order to be happy. And the first step towards this can be, can be to develop a connection with your body and start making decisions that will be in the body's highest and best good in order to be at your def- best defense against any virus. You know, there's thousands of viruses floating around in the air all the time. We can't live the rest of our lives wearing a mask and not being able to be together, all of us can begin today individually to build a strong and healthy body. And then we won't be a candidate for the virus. And if we do get one, our strong defense system will take care of it. And this would mean that we could begin to quit depending upon the drug companies. Just listen to your body and do what your body tells you to do. 
Now, I take no medications. I do have a primary care physician because in order to have any kind of health care here in the, in the U.S., <laughs> under the current health care system, which certainly needs to be changed, you have to have a primary care physician. And fortunately, my primary care physician for the last 20 years has allowed me the freedom to use or not use the parts of the Western medical system. He recommended all those things that all the doctors recommend, and I would just say no and initial, uh, put my initials on the uh, recommendation on my record in his office and then just continue my natural approach to working with my body as that protected him, and then it gave me the freedom. If I had followed all the suggestions, I would be on all the same medications that everybody else I know is on, you know, like cholesterol and blood pressure and uh, type 2 diabetes stuff. I mean, who knows what all? Because I live in an 18,000 resident senior community, and almost everyone I know takes anywhere from 8 to 20 medications a day. And, you know, most doctors don't have a clue as to what the chemical interactions of these drugs are. And some do believe that synthetic drugs are more the major cause of the destruction of vital organs in the body, which then causes death from heart attack and stroke, pneumonia, and diabetes. Cancer also kills a lot of people, but cancer is caused by a dramatic traumatic emotional event, not viruses or bad nutrition or synthetic. So I thought I would just share with you today how I work with my body. Now, first of all, I believe that I have a group of spiritual helpers. If, if you want to call them angels, that's okay. Some of them are from the angelic realms, but mostly they are just from the cosmic realm or heaven, if that's a more familiar concept that makes you feel safe and loved. These spiritual helpers are assigned to us when we're born, and they stay with us our whole life. And one of these spiritual helpers is your doctor guide. He or she works from a background of knowledge about the way the human is created and knows the original blueprint from which we were made. The original blueprint would not include ancestral influences. And let me just tell you right now, you're not bound to have what your ancestors had. If your father died of a heart attack, it doesn't mean you have to. Each and every person is a sovereign, unique, one-of-a-kind creation. However, because of all those choices that have been being made all the way down through life here on this planet, certain patterns have been created that are now passed down through generations. And what this means is you could have a predisposition for that particular pattern in your life, but you don't have to go there because you can make different choices that can override those genetic predispositions. And I'd like to tell you it's very dangerous to tell your body that it's probably going to have diabetes because your mother had diabetes because your body is a highly technical machine 
that has thousands and thousands of interrelated perfect mechanisms to either create from scratch or recreate or restore and revitalize to protect and defend and to energize you to live the best life you can possibly live. And your body is connected to your emotions and all of the stuff that's stored in your brain, lots of which isn't true. And your body hears everything that you say, and it's aware of all of your thoughts. Dr. Candace Pert, P-E-R-T, actually was able to measure emotions in the cells of the body in the laboratory. I suggest you read her book. It's called Molecules of Emotion, Dr. Pert, P-E-R-T, because it'll astound you. The more you study about your body, the better you are going to be able to take care of it because this is part of loving yourself and trusting yourself. You're the best person to administrate the affairs of your body because there's no other body like yours. So you and your body should be best friends. (laughs) Okay, in a republic, the first inalienable right is to life and then the pursuit of happiness and liberty. I mean, what what happiness is produced by a compromised life, a life that is limited or full of pain? That's not the perfect will of God for you. So the first spiritual helper you want to make contact with and get to know really well is your doctor guide. So take time to quiet yourself and call for your spiritual helpers to gather together and then ask your doctor guide what his or her name is. One of my spiritual doctors is an alchemist from the original school of Hermes. And right now we're working on how my body is managing my potassium and magnesium because something's out of balance and is affecting my eyes. Now the process is getting to cause to getting to cause of anything is sometimes steps of this and steps of that. Now I do have an appointment with my optometrist next week after the holidays. Now, many times these steps are eliminating sessions. You eliminate this, you eliminate that, until you can get all the way down to cause. And by the time you get to cause, you already have looked at the entire field of possibilities. And so your mind is settled and peaceful about the result. And then you know when you know. Cause is always an integrate, intricate interaction of spirit, soul, and body. You know, the soul, the intellect, the emotions, the physical systems of your body. And mostly what Western medicine has learned to do synthetically in the pharmaceutical laboratories is to treat symptoms. They never look at cause, never ever even seek to know the cause, because they don't care. They just want to sell drugs. Well, I prefer to go to the cause level and find the cause so that you can either eliminate it or correct it. 
and get things back to operating by the original blueprint for our body. I like to think about whether Jesus would have taken a drug that has a possible side effect of deafness or blindness or paralysis or death. What do you think Jesus did to keep his human body operating while he was immortal? Well, first of all, (laughs) there's a belief system most Christians have that needs to get back to the original blueprint as well. Because some would probably say, well, Jesus was God, so he wouldn't get sick. But Jesus was a mortal, in a mortal human body, just like yours and mine. He was made of flesh blood and the genetics of Mary and Joseph. And his mortal body was the temple of God's spirit, just like yours is and mine is. But the difference is Jesus was in constant communication with God's spirit. He called it the spirit of his father. He said he only did what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father say. And we can learn how to do this too. And part of that communication includes your spiritual doctor guide. (laughs) So in the meantime, you can begin your explorations into this strange new world (laughs) and boldly go where no man has gone before and take over the responsibility for the operation of your fantastic human machine which is technology far beyond anything that's operating here on the earth. And get in touch with God's spirit within you and begin to take responsibility for you and you alone. No one else. Just you. We're all at home right now. Kind of on furlough from our regular lives. So it's just a great time to begin this new journey towards being one who acknowledges that God's spirit lives within us, the ruler of the universe who says he is king of kings and lord of lords. Well, who are these kings and lords that God is king of and lord of? We are the king. God is king of. We are the Lord. God is Lord of. And when you begin to realize this, and you begin to stand for your inalienable right as a king and Lord, you'll want to take control of your life because you will be listening to the wisdoms that you are endowed with. You are created equal with everybody else because everybody has the, the wisdoms within them through the Spirit of God. He new choices for your future. And you won't need to have someone else make decisions for you that are based upon the community. You aren't like anybody else on earth, so how could a community decision be helpful for you? Because you are a one of a kind within the species called human. And let your talent contribute to the community. Because that's the best way to help the weaker ones. Set an example for them. 
encourage them to also know that they have a talent that will contribute to the community. God's resources are unlimited, free to all. Give and it shall be given unto you. It is the universal of God, the ruler of the universe, king of the kings. So let this life be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be considered equal with God. There you have it. That's how Jesus was God. And that's how we are God. And a virus is no match for God. And soon, God's backup plan, called the herd immunity, will manifest. And we won't need a vaccine. Perhaps we can use the drug the Japanese have developed to ease symptoms while our fabulous immune system overcomes the virus. But then we all shall be free to pursue happiness for our life in liberty with freedom and justice for all. I'm going to ring the mission bells. (laughs) 